welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. Each week it's games, news, and more from the classics to the current gen as we explore gaming's infinite ever-changing landscape. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Guess what? It's gaming's biggest night. You already know. Top 10. Top 10 plays of 2023. Now, as usual, Markers on the Map doesn't do a top 10 games of the year because our show has always had that spirit of we'll go back and play games from years before. Mm-hmm. Um, we've never wanted to, you know, restrict ourselves to certain years like when we do a top 10 because oftentimes the two of us will go back and sometimes we'll play games from the 90s we'll play snes games sometimes we'll play early ps1 or n64 games sometimes we will replay games that just hit that hard and we'll want to throw those onto our lists yeah uh i'm trying to think what's the oldest we've gone I don't know. If, I mean, have we done an NES game? Have we done 80s stuff? We have played NES games on here, especially like back for episode 50. We I remember uh-huh. we did like 10 of them for one episode. Um, but I don't think any but of those have ever ended. Like those have never ended up on the top 10. Which is, um, I feel like there, there could be one, at least for me. That's like Mario 3. That's about it. But oh, I yeah. haven't played that in a while. Actually, maybe, now yeah. that I think about it, that... Did that come up at one point? Mario 3? Yeah. I know we played it a little bit, but I don't know if we've ever had a mm. full-on discussion about it on here or if it's ever shown up in a top 10. That's kind of weird think to think ever, about, because we did two. I don't think we've ever I don't think we've ever done a Mario series where we talk about each Mario game like throughout. Like We go from the first one all the way up to like the newest one. No, we, we haven't done that like we did with Donkey Kong, but we did do the um, gameplays episode. That was Super Mario World, and we kind of went through. Mm-hmm. But that was also like a lot of improv stuff that we did. I, that was a good one. Um, but we, we do allow for classic games, older games, to be on our top 10 plays. Because with our show, it's not just about playing the newest stuff. It's it's an exploration. The, the embodiment of Markers on the Map is always looking at gaming as a whole, from, from start to current. Um, so with that being said, there are not only 2023 games on either of our lists. As a matter of fact, some of the games on both of our lists are quite old. Um... But we always split it out into two episodes. We do a 10 through 6, and then we do a 5 through 1. If you've never um, listened to one of our top 10 um, plays of the year episodes before. Um, Last week, we did a pre-show for the first time ever because I felt that there was a lot more than what we could get into these two episodes to discuss in our you know the stuff we played or the stuff we encountered last year so i i we do have another hour of show uh from last week that talks about plenty of other stuff that we played um this year or last year i should say it's 2024 at this point um but before we get started you already know it's markers on the map it's a weekly podcast gaming adventure my name is daniel and i am here as always with my good friend and co-host robert to whom i must ask each week 
How you doing? Fine. You know, same old, same old, nothing much. Uh, just same old. Uh, what about you? How have you been this week? I, I've been pretty good. A little, little tired this week. Um, Been kind of busy, Uh, but... Uh, I, I've been thinking, I, I've been playing a few, like, new releases, um, like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which we will have to talk to, um, when the business of Top 10 Plays is over, and, uh, the Apollo Justice Trilogy, which I've never played this set of Ace Attorney games before. Um, now, before we get on to the actual start of our Top 10 Plays of last year, I, I wanted to decide whether to do it after we started or before to get the bad gaming news out of the way microsoft laid off 1900 workers from their xbox division affecting teams such as sledgehammer games whose products will appear on the top 10 um not to give anything away but it must be said that this is just a huge mess there are plenty of articles on this um on like Bloomberg and other other podcasts and channels do a great job of covering um, this kind of turmoil in the gaming industry where it seems like every week we are bringing up more layoffs in the industry. I heard that Black Forest Games had layoffs, so you're very familiar with them as the developers of those um, Destroy All Humans remakes and the upcoming um, TMNT, The Last Ronin game, so that studio is facing layoffs. Um, Sledgehammer, like I said, they're they're deep in creating more content for Modern Warfare 3 as we record this, and they're having layoffs. A lot of other Activision Blizzard teams have layoffs after, you know, the, the merger went through. We are still seeing more layoffs with Embracer, and all the companies that they have kind of acquired, we're seeing studio closures and mass. It's just a lot right now in the gaming industry. So I just felt like that was important to bring up beforehand. Um, and we're we're not going to have a full on discussion of it, but there are many articles, news stories, videos, channels, and other podcasts that do delve into these topics. Um, I just feel like it's important to acknowledge that. I feel really bad for the people who are affected by these things because it's not really the people who make the games. It's not their fault. It's it's companies' fault. I I just it's one of those things where I called it, and not and it's one of those things I wish I was wrong. I really do. I re, I really did wish that. Oh, maybe they're not gonna lay off a bunch of people, but that kind of tends to be a pattern when companies just just buy studios yeah especially buying multiple studios at once they just start laying off a lot of people and that's just that's where it's just like i i hope that doesn't happen i remember when we first talked about embracer kind of gathering studios and ips up it was like what is going on how is embracer buying all these things we've got Mm. you know microsoft buying bethesda which was a big enough news story and then all of a sudden a couple months later this activision blizzard deal that took about two years to finally go through this is Mm. this i mean like this is the the trajectory of news for most of how long we've been recording this podcast for um but like i said last week it, it was a great year for games but also a really bad year for the people who make them. So I guess the hope is mm. that um, we would like to see the people who got laid off be able to find work in new studios or, or whatever they're aiming for and, and land on their feet because I just... 
it just casts a huge shadow over games when when you really delve it like there are people who play games and then there are people who cover games and play games and it's just like mm-hmm. it's an unf- it's a really like sad thing that we have to look at too so i just wanted to make sure that we bring that up first and not at the end of the show because i feel like people's livelihoods is more important than yeah us talking about our our favorite video games Yes, yeah, because it's just like if they don't create, we don't talk about the things we like to talk about. So it's it's hand in hand. Yeah. So it's it's just just bad all around. Yeah. So I I would urge listeners to read up on this because much like other bad news that comes out of the gaming industry, it is being covered on the big news sites: Bloomberg, IGN, CNN takes some of these news stories sometimes so please go go seek out information and and learn about it all right now our audience is waiting for the top 10 plays of 2023 members of the audience include green badoof blast wave the echidna the gamekeeper and a blu-ray 4k copy of the a-team um whoever else we want to add in there i'll I'll hear we have no jokes for the evening only pure top 10 bliss would you like to go first with your number 10 robert or would you like me to go first uh since you offered i guess i'll go first all right robert Um, what is your number 10 play of 2023 top 10 for me at least uh it's it's two and one just just because it was Back to one season, back to another, so it's a two-in-one for me. So, technically, it's two games, but I'll, I'll put it as one. It's uh, Modern Warfare 2 and Modern Warfare 3. I'll give you this. They do launch from the same launcher. Yeah, they do the whole <laughs> Call of Duty <coughs> uh, HUD, so it's not much of a difference. That's what I, I put as a one-deal combo. But, uh, I mean, the reason why we even played Modern Warfare 2 and I purchased it is I was just like you know just like hey you know Call of Duty game can't go wrong it's a Call of Duty game um but obviously after Spawn creator Tom McFarlane has announced that oh yeah I'm doing a Call of Duty collab with skins for a whole season not just like oh buy a skin that's it just one skin it was an entire season's worth of skins and and theme around Spawn uh, being a big Spawn fan, I said, well, I gotta play it. Anything Spawn-related, I gotta show that it's there's something... Anything Spawn-related and collab, I have to show there's something worth doing it because then it probably, in the future, allows Spawn to be put into more things if it's successful in, in this thing. And, you know, so that's the way I view it. So I was like, well, I gotta get Modern Warfare 2 now, which I was already debating on getting because, like, I want to play something... You know, uh, just on the side, just, you know, simple, like I say, can't go wrong with a Call of Duty game. Modern Warfare 2, that season, it was the new kind of Modern Warfare remake, uh, reboot that came out, what, 2019? Yeah. Around that time. And that was that whole kind of movement, which I was alright with, I was never the biggest fan of, but I I was one of those things where it, it just, it felt too sluggish, and it felt... I don't, it was really weird. I thought like I would I would not like it, so I never really like got on the newer Call of Duties after like uh, Black Ops Four, and then I bought Cold War just to kind of see how it is. It wasn't too bad. Then, like I said, Spawn season picked that up. 
Modern Warfare 2, it's fine. Like I said, I feel like no matter what, Call of Duty will always be Call of Duty no matter what type of theme you put it in, no matter what type of engine you put it in. The core gameplay will always stay the same. The skeletal structure of Call of Duty will always stay the same. Maybe Ghost was like the only one that felt a little different, but just from from what I played, it's still the same game. Which is nothing wrong with. It's obviously you're going in for different maps. It's comfort maybe food. The, yeah, different variants of weapons and maybe new ideas. Like I remember, like uh, tactical nukes weren't a thing until like Modern Warfare Two. So like stuff like that where you get like a, a fifty, uh, a, fi- a fi- yeah, fifty kill streak with no deaths. It's like you get a like. So it's like they always add new things here and there. Uh, and like I said, it was it was fun. There were some maps I I liked. And some maps we didn't like. I remember you disliked Black and Gold. I actually really like Black and Gold. I like the whole idea of a different daytime and night vision and so I I just I don't know. I like that idea compared to other maps to where Black and Gold really kind of pushed people to kind of move around instead of staying kind of idle in one area for too long. You know, it made people just kind of move around a bit more. I don't I don't like staying in one area for too long. I like to kind of go around the map and just go around and just, you know, just play Call of Duty, just have fun, yeah. and Marvel for 2, that's where, that's where kind of that idea of, like, oh, you know, I, I didn't really like the whole, the whole, like, people just kind of staying in one area, either one building or one spot, it kind of happens with a lot of the modern Call of Duties, compared to some, like, the older ones, where it seemed very much fast-paced, doing, like, really dumb and, and like, cool or stupid tricks on there, that, that's what I remember from, from, Growing up during that era, and but at the end of the day, Modern Warfare Two was solid. We got on it, we played here and there, we unlocked the battle pass, unlocking some spawn skins, and you know it was just like stuff like that. It was really fun. Then, Modern Warfare Three is announced, and please, please, Call of Duty franchise, do this for the rest of its lifetime. Ah, (laughs) yes. Just move over skins. It doesn't have to be. I mean, they're very expensive. Please move them over. Just move over all the cool looking skins like the spawn, the 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 boys, you know, the homelander, the the shredder, the 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 rappers like Twenty One Savage and Nick. Just move them over to the new games. Like if you want to leave some older stuff, like oh that's a default skin, or we want that. But a lot of cool looking collab skins. As long as the 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 contract is still good. I feel like they should just keep moving them forward and forward and forward. Because they no longer do individual colors. It's a HUD and you just kind of buy a, a pass to get to that version of that Call of Duty game. It's just a big old just like HQ of Call of Duty. So you just can kind of go from the newest season or the newest game or Warzone or this version or whatever new version of Call of Duty they're ever going to put forward. So when Modern Warfare announced that they're going to do that... I said, yeah, why not? Modern Warfare 3, all my Modern Warfare 2 is in the transfer over. It's it's sort of the same thing. It, it, it was very difficult for me to buy it day one, especially at a full price because it, it still is the same as the second game, but they did, funny enough, promise that movement is back, that the movement will change. <laughs> And that it's the older Call of Duty, like, instead of being the, the slower, sluggish type. 
Which I'm I'm so 50-50 on because I think I got so used to Modern Warfare 2 that sometimes I'm like, man, I really do miss those Modern Warfare 2 maps. But they did say they're bringing them back. Yeah, they have a few on two. Yeah, they're, they're bringing some back to Modern Warfare 3. They're, they're planning, seems like they're planning to bring most of them back. Um, but it's weird. Like, so I'm, I'm either like, uh, Modern Warfare 2 was fine. Or it's like this. I've noticed that the Modern Warfare 2 weapons are much weaker than the Modern Warfare 3 weapons. Some Modern Warfare 2 stuff still holds up fairly well compared to the newer stuff. But a lot of the newer stuff is much better. Yeah. Now that is the thing, though. They carried over not just the skins, but the weapons. It really yeah. is. It really does feel like the rumored DLC for Modern Warfare Two. Yeah, they say they were never going to do a third one. That it was going to be just DLC, but then they went back like, no, we're going to do it. That's why. I, that's why it was so hard for me to to pay the full price. Yeah, uh, I think I waited till maybe around Thanksgiving season to buy. It. I think it was on sale for like twenty dollars off. So I was like, okay, that's a bit better. I don't mind paying, you know, the 50 or, or, or whatever, how much it was at that time, you know, 55, 60, yeah. but 70 was a little, is a little too much for me, but, uh, it's, like I said, it's, it's a solid Call of Duty, it's fine, it's, it's, it's Call of Duty, you can't, like, if you just, if you are at one point just like, man, I'm really bored, I have this console, What's the newest Call of Duty? You're never going to go wrong. It's always going to play like Call of Duty. Yeah. No matter what anyone says, every Call of Duty is, is the same Call of Duty as it was last year. That's why I usually skip years. Like, I remember I was only a Treyarch same. Studios era where I was only, uh, like, Black Ops 1 and then Black Ops 2 and then, like, Black Ops 3. I was always skipping a year. I wasn't ever during that Advanced or, or Modern Warfare era. Yeah. This is the only time where I was back to back. All right, because this because skins were transferring over, I'll I'll buy the newest Call of Duty. So it's just the newest stuff, and everyone's same level. Everyone's at a very low level, and everyone has everything unlocked, you know, from the beginning and stuff like that. That's why I feel it's more interesting to because like we we don't have much to say about Call of Duty as a game because it's generally a familiar thing you're playing, which is why it's more interesting and prevalent to discuss like the surrounding things about it in terms of like progression and you know what carries over and everything and this was the first time i believe that they've done something like the the carryover thing yeah that's like it's that's why it's my top 10 because it's it's fun but it's like it's not nothing changing i never really liked that futuristic call of duty stuff i never liked the jetpack and and wall running stuff the only time i really liked it was for black ops 3 zombies but for the actual multiplayer itself, I never really, I, I, I didn't really dig it. I, that was definitely where I kind of like, after Black Ops 3, I kind of just like left. I, I opted out from there. I never played the Advanced Warfares and the and the Infinite, Infinite Warfares. And like I said, I had Black Ops 3, but I mostly played it for the zombies. I never played the multiplayer. I played it here and there, but I was just like, yeah, it's definitely not for me. I'm not digging the whole wall running jump. I, I, I don't know. It's just That's just not for me. Uh, it's just not my thing. But... It's if I had to rank Call of Duty Modern Warfare's, I'll end it on three because three is obviously what we're currently on. I give it. It's not Golden Age. It's not no. You know, it's not a Modern Warfare Two original. It's not a Black Ops Two or Black Ops One original. It's not in that era of Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three even original. It's not that era. It's definitely better than some of the the newer ones we've had in the past, like Black Ops Four and like infinite warfare even like black ops 3 multiplayer and like i, I don't like i didn't really like that the modern stuff i would i would maybe 
without spawn, it's a solid six. With spawn, it boosted up to a seven to an eight. Mm-hmm. Spawn the spawn alone is what, what that I, just to really clarify. Spawn is the sole reason I'm playing Call of Duty. Just remember that anyone who wants to put spawn in anything, spawn will be the sole reason. Mortal Kombat 11. Oh yeah. Spawn is the sole reason why I bought that. I guarantee you put spawn in anything, I will I will play that. I don't care if it's a MMO, turn-based, slow-based, original RPG. If spawns in it, I'm playing it. All right, Square Enix, you heard him. You heard this man. <laughs> put spawn in the next Final Fantasy. <laughs> I'll play. Final, I'll be a Final Fantasy head. I'll I'll play every. I'll play Final Fantasy all day. I actually like just not not to deter the subject off Call of Duty here, but I actually still do think you'd like Final Fantasy 16 because it was totally not. It's not an RPG by any sense of the meaning. But that's besides oh, the point. <laughs> if anyone listens, if I don't care if it's Call of Duty or Tom McFarland, do a season two of Spawn skins. I want to see like Gunslinger Spawn and like he should have been a character skin. That would have been really cool. And Fire Emblem team, I hope you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> See, I don't even think if they put my favorite character into Fire Emblem, it would make me enjoy it. Fire oh, I, would, I would play it. Uh, Alright, shall we do my number 10? Yeah, right. what's your number 10, Daniel? My number 10. Uh, last year, I feel like I really got into One Piece. Like, I had been mm-hmm. into One Piece stuff. A lot of people did. Yeah. Um, in the years before, like here and there, playing a couple of the games and everything. But I feel like mm-hmm. last year I really got into One Piece stuff. The card game mm-hmm. I had kind of given up on in the first half of the year, and then the pack started showing up in like halfway through the year. And now I have decks that I can use and play with, and we've played, mm-hmm. and it's been enjoy very enjoyable. Um, very enjoyable, yeah. Not enjoyable to see empty shelves and scalpers posting cards for over overpriced cards online, mm-hmm. but enjoyable to engage with the game itself. Um, but I feel like the first step to really getting into one piece the way in the way that i have which is mostly engaging with the card game and video games is back in january mm-hmm. of 2023 bandai namco released one piece odyssey which um to i i really didn't know much about this from before it came out but i looked at it mm-hmm. on launch day and you know i'm like ah, i haven't bought a game in a while i need to start the year out with a cool game let me try this one piece game it is not an open world and it is more of a linear, classic-feeling RPG. And mm-hmm. it's not entirely remarkable in its quest design or presentation. And its story does a kind of by the numbers, like, let's go revisit past events and, like, you know, we'll see our other selves engaging and we'll have to, you know, find a way to do something while the actual events of One Piece are occurring for, like, the Alabasta arc or Eni's Lobby and all that stuff, mm-hmm. um, Dressrosa. Um, but what what makes this a top 10 play for me is its surprising battle system. And I talked about this maybe last June when I had gone back and finished the game and, and did the Platinum. The battle system in this game is really unique. I've not played another game where you can, like, switch out characters at will and have, like you you know what's going on you know what'll happen next or who's going to attack next or who will be attacked next so you have to move and position Mm. your characters accordingly and there's a lot of interesting ways you can use certain characters abilities to attack characters um in other areas so that they can escape and move to an area where they can do better damage against an enemy so it's kind of it it feels almost like chess like or maybe like something like into the breach a game that always Mm. tell you what the enemies will do on their turn um, One Piece Odyssey thrives the most when 
it looks like an overwhelming odd, but you've got the the characters and the setups all ready to go to where you're like, okay, before this enemy attacks, I can defeat this group, move this character over here, free this character, and move them over here so I can take out this character. So in that way, um, it, it was very like uh, engaging for me. Um, mm. I, I wasn't like upset um to get locked into a turn-based battle because it didn't feel like i was doing turn-based it felt like i was doing a strategy and you know i'm not into strategy games so like if if it's a kind of strategy that makes me feel like i'm having fun playing it then the game must be doing something right Mm -hmm. um this game did infuriate me in in parts like there was a trophy about collecting little like cube fragments of which there were like exactly a hundred or something of in the game and you had to like be like scrupulous search every single thing Mm -hmm. talk to everybody search every corner and then i was still missing some at the end and guides you have to like scroll through them and everything but that's besides the point the actual game from start to finish was very good a little basic and by the numbers and and like I said, in quest design and all that. Um, but I found the dialogue to be engaging. I found the, um, you know, the battle system to be cool. The puzzle design in dungeons felt very old school in, in not the best way. Um, mm-hmm. But it was great all around, I think. Um, good enough for me to get the platinum on it, which doesn't happen with a lot of games nowadays. Um, I will say that I found it funny that uh, Luffy has a... Um, observation hockey which is like an ability he can use to like see things and i thought that would help me like find treasure or something and you know what i used it through the game and i'm like i'm not seeing anything it was only like after i beat the game that i realized it was to get like information about enemies for the for the bestiary which i was nowhere near being done with and i'm like well you know what i i don't have it in me to go (laughs) through and try to get all these little enemy datas so like i don't have a hundred percent like bestiary completion but i i do have a platinum and it it was a worthwhile experience um everybody's moves had like really good visuals and videos behind them and yeah i Mm -hmm. mean overall it i I feel like people have said that it's not the great place to like hop into the story but i would argue that it does a good job of showing you how the characters are and developing the characters and taking you through a brisk um like recap of bigger arcs in one piece um one piece Mm -hmm. is just not something that's viable for most people to start from from the beginning um nowadays because it's over a thousand episodes so i i find the video games and the card game to be my favorite way of engaging with one piece and then maybe watch a few fights here or there on uh youtube but yeah one piece odyssey very very good game and a good start to my top 10 at number 10 I was going to say, too, that that uh, Platinum got us some free posters at AX. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they they had a demo. I'm like, well, I got the Platinum this game already. <laughs> yeah, they got us, got a couple. <laughs> not, like, crazy posts, but obviously the stuff they're just like, yeah, I played a demo, but we're like, oh, we have the Platinum. They're like, all right, like, sure. Like, that's valid. Yeah. Like, all right, here you go. It reminds me of the JoJo uh, one where it's like, you have to play the demo. I'm like, dude, I have the game. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> that's my number I was going to I was going to say, too, that, um, you remember how you told me that One Piece has, like, episode recaps on the next episode of the previous episode? Yeah. Just watch the recaps. Just watch the recaps. Sometimes those recaps go on for, like, five minutes, I guess. 
Exactly. Just watch the recaps about the previous episode, and you'll and then watch that till you get to where you think you're interested in it, and then just watch it from there. Yeah, because even reading it at this point, the the U.S. is about to be on volume 105. That's still a hundred five, mm-hmm. two hundred page volumes of mm-hmm. of comic to read to <laughs> catch up. Um, thankfully the video games do seem like they rush through the story, but, like, you are getting all the... Ca- like, Pirate Warriors 4, you're getting all the characters, big major fights, and you're kind of seeing the spirit of what One Piece is all about. So, I like it. I like One Piece Odyssey, and Pirate Warriors 4 is another one I, I engaged with a lot. It's still getting DLC, so... um, Yeah, that, that was my number 10. Robert, we gotta do number 9. My number 9 will we'll, we'll kind of go... A little bit faster is uh uh street fighter 6 came out and it was one of those moments where you said if i buy it would you want to buy it or it would you would you mind like if you, it's like if you offer it at that point i don't think i've had much cheese to to spare so you're like well like you're like i don't want to play by yourself so like you'll buy it and then i'll get a copy too i was like all right that's fair. Like, it, so it's one of those things where it was the deal was anytime you want to play, yeah, yeah, we'll play. Like, I don't mind. Like, I'm getting a, a free copy of Street Fighter Six. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna complain if it's just like, yeah, I'd rather play with 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 a friend instead of trying to do the online stuff. I'd rather just do that. Totally. I think Street Fighter shines when we're playing because yeah, <laughs> we're not. We do. We're there to play Street Fighter and have fun. We're not there to like be the grandmaster of Street Fighter. No, it's definitely the, we're too good for our casual friends, but we're not good enough to go pro. We're not good enough to take our online skills. I At least I feel that way. Um, you beg to differ. You always tell me that my Ryu is all, all right, but I'm like, it's fine. I don't think I, I don't, it's one of the things where I don't think I, I, I have the time anymore to do that. I think my big it, surprise it, was renting Aki with one of my character rentals and making it to silver after my placement matches. I guess I'm better at Street <laughs> Fighter than I give myself credit for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this one's much different. This is a, a big, big difference compared to five. Five had its issues. Uh, everyone has to admit that when five and was, announced and released it had much issues five now is not what five was when it launched five now is a much better game than it was when it released six is definitely a much much better launch lineup than any i would say any previous besides like the second one and its variant six has a much better like launch and and people being on it and you know player base the dramatic change in kind of character design from very cartoony looking from five and previous ones to almost cutting close to to a very like realistic looking it's the most know, street fighter that street fighter has ever felt yeah it still has its cartoony things like ryu still has a very chiseled just giant chin and and hands and feet but they do have an underlying realism look to them to their skin texture to hair follicles to sweat to 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 facial expressions to like that stuff like that where they're the actual design of this one i would say is much better for the characters you look at cammy from five and cammy from this one is a much better in this one than any of them same thing with like like say ryu jury stuff like that they're much better designed in this one they are in the fifth one uh i really do like the character designs i like that the i guess the theme around it it's very much it's weird it's it's like it's like i would say it's it's very city it's because the the main campaign is 
it it takes place in just it starts off in the city with Luke. You start off in the dojo with Luke, and it's not like a, a high. It's not like it's like this in the first and second Street Fighter. Ryu starts in a dojo in a high the highest peak of Japan, like in a mountain, right? Like he's somewhere like they're in Japan. Same with Ken, they're in Japan. Somewhere in the mountains, very you know out there, remote. Not a lot of people around. They're just practicing their you know their karate. This one, same thing, but instead of it being you know in the mountains, you're just in a city. You're just, you know, it's that environment. So you have a, a very, like, generic, you know, U.S. city of America. You know, like, you know, like, Metro City yeah. or stuff like that. It's Metro City, yeah. yeah. It's that generic just kind of bringing everything from the West Coast of that environment and also the East Coast of that environment kind of matching. It's just this is what most people think, you know, of, of America when you think of big city. So it has that not only style and it's graffiti type where they draw you know writing six in graffiti style the clothing the music and you know stuff like that it's very so it, it gives a different look and feel to the costumes and like skins like that but i really like it yeah i i, I really do like it, it it's instead just... of it being a worldwide type of thing like street fighter 2 or 5 feel mm-hmm. like street fighter 6 really does bring the world in large into a small secluded area like you still are traveling mm-hmm. to areas but for some reason like it, it does feel like the world is converging on one point in street fighter 6 as far as tone goes yeah and, and like I, said, I really like that's going off of the design i like it i dig it i like the new character models i like the newer the i really actually do like a lot of the new characters yeah. they're introducing I really do dig a lot of them. Now, when it comes to gameplay, I, it has a lot of new things like um, what's drive this? parry. Drive parries. They have a yeah, lot of drive so rush. now you have a drive meter. You you know you can lose. I guess your it's stamina. It's like your stamina meter. You can lose that, and you take more damage. You can still block and stuff like that, but you can't do special maneuvers like drive meters, heavier drive attacks, and stuff like that. There's there's a lot more coming to this one than the previous. Street Fighters, but it's like how I said with Call of Duty, it's weird. It's like every every fighting game, at least for Street Fighter and and Tekken, the core gameplay is still the same. A a a a fireball from Ryu is still the same as it was from the second one. Those muscle memories don't change. So Ryu is still you know my default characters. I just like his play style. I like. His maneuvers, I like his motions of, of special attack. I I I just understand Ryu a bit more. I know you're definitely more of a Kami main. And you're, they you're did definitely... change one or two of her inputs in this one that I had to get used to those. So some characters yeah. were not left completely untouched, but the core yeah. like basic moves are still generally the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for me it's like. If, if only they had G. I want G in this one so bad. <laughs> I do. G was so much fun in five. Uh, but besides that point, the gameplay is still Street Fighter, and I think it's Street Fighter right now. Six. It has a much better image, I guess, in the pro scene because we went to AX twenty AX alone. We saw an actual pro match. Like they were actually having a real pro tournament at ax and we didn't know that we just kind of were walking around I mean, like, vicious wait. was like, there oh. commentating it was wild <laughs> exactly yeah and and it's kind of one of those things where uh i've never been to any type of like pro anything i never seen a pro match in my life we're just kind of walking around didn't know you know it could have been any other day you could have not have been there that whole day but we just decided to go to that area we saw it 
we thought it was just like, oh, it's just a couple friendly matches. No, full on pro, like they're doing a tournament with announcements and stuff like that. I and now it's like after viewing that and seeing a couple rounds, I said, I get it. I want to go to Evo now because this stuff is so much fun to watch. It's just fun to see how the the shift in in, in a round or in a match can change so much from a character being from a person going like three and zero, and next thing you know they're they're now they evened it out, and the next match is is the winning team like game. So it, it, it's it's those very just like cool, ah, just intense, crazy, just like everyone in the crowd was just kind of like it was in on it. Everyone was going like nuts about it it was so much fun and i think that kind of describes how six is going to be where if they keep this motion and and, and really putting out really good ideas and you know they might have had some bad ideas here and there like uh the spy family collab it wasn't a character it was just skins i, I feel like the, which, the monetization in general in street fighter six is probably the yeah. worst part of street fighter yeah 6. it's like that's kind of where I kind of, yeah, it's like that, that stuff like that is pretty expensive. Like the turtle skins were pretty expensive. Each. So it's like, I wasn't doing all that. Like, I, it, I'm it not It feels like a that. lot of the best games nowadays, some, some things you could say about games that are good is like what surrounds the game is the bad part. It's what surrounds Street Fighter Six that yeah. isn't up to quality with the incredible vision they have for the actual game. Um, I guess it's it's better that the game is good and then what's around it is bad and, and not the other way around. But it's still, mm. you hate to see a $15 Avatar skin in a video game. <laughs> yeah. It's stuff like that. So, just, like I said, gameplay is still the same. Very Adding new things here and there, but still Street Fighter no matter what. And I'm enjoying it. I enjoy getting on here and there playing. We, we need to probably go back on. It's been a while since we've played a couple Street Fighter matches. I'm waiting for that Character I, I'm waiting for the character pass to go down yeah. too. It, it's a lot to, for four to go down and buy it. Four character yeah. seems to be the I'm new waiting. thing too. I think Tekken Eight is doing a four character season as well. So Mortal Kombat. If if oh, yeah. I have to Street Fighter Six, if I had to say anything, it's rank it. I would definitely give it an eight and definitely put better than Mortal Kombat One. Yeah, <laughs> I would also say it's probably better than Mortal Kombat One. <laughs> I just didn't like Mortal Kombat One. The whole I don't like the team. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it, it's because the thing is, I'm not a big I don't fan like of assist characters. You know me. <laughs> the team you can't because here's the thing. I love Marvel's Capcom too. I love that game. The thing is, you could play your assist characters. You can still play in Mortal Kombat One. You cannot. They're just assists. I'm like, I, it kind of sucks that there's some some characters on there that I wish were main characters, but they're not. But that that's size of point three or six. I would give it like an eight. You know. Better than Mortal Kombat One. Yeah. <laughs> and eight Mortal Kombat ones are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number nine. Uh, From Software is a company that makes really hard video games. From Software is mm-hmm. also a company that makes really good video games, like last mm-hmm. year's third place for me, I think Elden, or like twenty twenty two. I should twenty twenty two's third place for me was Elden Ring. Um, I have mm-hmm. played tons of their games. Their Souls games. Um, like Bloodborne, Sekiro, Elden Ring, Dark Souls 3, the like. I've even tried Demon Souls to no avail. Um, they also have another series about robots. It's called Armored Core. A very, like, complex mech fighting action, go through missions, destroy mm-hmm. things type of games. And there hasn't been one of these since the, the PlayStation 3. Um, the one I remember is Armored Core 4. I've talked about how I would go into GameStop and 
uh, play the demo on the PS3 kiosk and just kind of like mess around, enjoy, you know, flying a robot around and not knowing what else I was doing. Um, there mm-hmm. was a, an attempt to recapture the magic of Armored Core in, uh, I believe, 2018 or 19 on the Switch with Demon X Machina, which is getting a sequel. Uh, a very, like, flawed but interesting game. It was a cell-shaded Armored Core-type mech game. Um, fast forward to last year, about August, uh, from Software releases Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon, which is my number nine pick. Um, Mm -hmm. this is a blisteringly fast, complex, and difficult, often frustrating game, um, when you're first starting and you're learning the controls and you're learning how to customize your mech, you're learning what weapons work in what situations, but it does present this tutorial helicopter boss that is just real frustrating, um, but once you come to terms with how the game wants you to play, Um, you can start being a little more experimental. If you get good at dodging, you can start using more of the weapons you want to use. If you'd rather just barrel through everything, there is choices later on in the game that lets you equip a heavier mech with things that just melt enemies in the first place. The story is cold and distant, um, with no character models, rather just icons or names giving orders to your faceless protagonist. Um, this is very much a world that is above and all about the mechs and what they're fighting, who they're fighting. You get personalities of other characters through their text and dialogue, but this the robots are the star of the shows here. Um, your, your missions generally revolve around you going and destroying something or moving through an area and defeating enemy mechs. Um, maybe fighting a boss or two. It's really simple when it all boils down to it, but the customization is unparalleled. You can really make your mech look like anything you want. Um, Customize it with swords, shields, giant guns, tiny guns, mini guns. You can have guns on the shoulders. You know, you've got four weapons at any given time for the most part. You can change certain Mm. attributes of your mech, but every little piece will affect it. If you've got smaller equipment or a different kind of like booster, you can make that thing go really fast at the cost of its health being absolutely nothing. Or you can make it this <laughs> slow like tank that rolls on treads that will use railguns to take down even the hardest bosses in the game in two or three hits. And that's really how I had to come to terms with beating some of them. I, like, I'm not good enough at games to deal with some of these bosses with a lightweight build. I have to go in with the big guns and, and you know, mm. handle it that way. Um, it, it's it got two new game pluses that add new wrinkles to the story and new missions in each one. Um, certain choices will cause certain other missions to happen. And luckily, by going mm. through the two new game pluses, you can achieve having played every mission in the game um and you you can go so far as to detail every little bit of your mech's customization every little color every little sticker things that you and no one else will probably never see it's there for you it, does it have to be there no but i'm happy it is um, <laughs> it is yeah. um because I, I feel like people would complain if they didn't get to make it their own so you might be changing mm-hmm. parts all the time you might not, but you will get better at this game, but you will also struggle through Armored Core 6. 
Um, mm-hmm. it, it is very fun. It's very satisfying. It's not something I want to go for all S ranks on, but I'm really glad I played it. And it was a treat to have uh, an armored core come out amidst all the souls like success um, from From Software. Mm-hmm. So that is my number nine. We're barely on nine. <laughs> uh, we gotta pick this up. Um, it's okay. My eight will be quick. I promise. <laughs> What's yeah. your eight? I guess we'll make eight. Will be quick too because we've talked about it so many times. Yeah. Uh, eight for me is God of War Ragnarok. Uh huh. Um. The first God of War in the reboot slash sequel series, you know, 2018, it's much higher on my list in previous top 10s than this one. It was because Ragnarok just had this underlying, difficult, weird just wall where everything just felt way more difficult for no reason. Like, 2018 did not feel this difficult. And it wasn't just me because you also said that, yeah, it just felt super just difficult for no reason and it wasn't like it was it's weird it's it's a weird feeling but once you play it, you kind of understand that it it it's difficult for no reason and it's it's hard to really put it in words but it's not that enemies are are you know faster or strong whatever it's just it's a weird thing going on with it, it's like this Spoilers for people who just don't know who aren't this far, but at this point you should have known by now. When you got the chain, when you got the chains of Olympus in this first game, you definitely got a much bigger, bigger like 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 uh, attack pattern, and it, it felt much stronger to to use that one compared to the you know the 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 Leviathan axe. And this one you get it default as well, so it just doesn't have that same type of like punch to it that it had in the last one where it felt like now everything just feels so much fair and enemies don't feel so op you do get like i won't spoil you do get a, a new type you do it's i one of felt like that came a little later than it should have i felt like yeah. that should have came maybe halfway through instead of maybe three quarters through that's always been my issue with that one because at that point everything else is so upgraded that it's like what's the point of using the new one yeah it's it's like my 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 chains were so upgraded to the point where it 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 costs too much to upgrade the third one, so it's just like I wasn't gonna do anything with it. Um, but it, it should have definitely come much earlier. Uh, I would still say it's the reboot, one of the craziest stories I've seen in a while. So it's very solid story, ten out of ten story. Yes, it definitely uh, did the weird thing of like the weird but interesting. <sighs> Thing of going quiet when it could have gone loud and bombastic like you'd expect from god of war ragnarok featured a yeah. very like a, a a whisper kind of story we're probably talking about more about ragnarok because there is that valhalla yeah, free yeah. dlc uh i definitely want to play this whenever i get to i said we'll talk about this game more it's not just like so stories 10 out of 10 kratos 10 out of 10 kratos alone kratos is without a shred of it because there's been recent discussions about this kratos character development is one of the greatest character developments i've ever seen in any type of media ever i've never seen a character have such a big redemption but also it's like kratos is just one of the best written characters of all time without without a doubt on my mind i it's like and that includes books movies anything tv shows kratos is whole character arc and, and everything about him is just it's so good and his character development is so great and so kratos is like a 10 out of 10 character the story is 10 out of 10 everything about it is 10 out of 10 but the gameplay itself i would still give it a good solid 8 to 9 
it's still a very very good game it's a great game i think if you definitely play the first one you have to play this one because it just puts all everything up if you played every if you played all of god of war games it wraps everything up in such a nice ribbon it puts it in it's a like nice, you gotta play valhalla shiny, it is yeah oh I, I i'm telling it, you it was better than than ragnarok yeah <laughs> it it wraps everything up in a nice shiny red colorful bow and a, and a nice snow white box because it's the ghost it's the entire legacy of the ghost of sparta but he's no longer that he is kratos it's about his story and it just it's so good it's so great i still i i still ah, oh, it's like and all the side characters are great. There was one bad thing I had to say about it. There's a certain word that every character just kept using, and it felt too excessive. It, it, it's a certain word that you, when you hear a character say it, every character says it. It's a certain bad word. I, and so, it's, so it's like, it just felt too much to where it didn't no longer have a punch factor to it. It had more of a, why they keep saying this word over and over again. Yeah. Like, it's just like, okay, we get it. It did feel like, very comic book movie in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> that's like my only thing. And besides maybe the difficulty wall, like that's like the only thing I can say bad about this For game. me, I think it was the open linear of it all. Like, open linear mm-hmm. games stressed me out. This was my problem with Jedi Survivor, but I think Jedi Survivor did open linear worse than, than Ragnarok, where you have a path you need to go down, but then there's, like, 50 other things you could do, and it's like, well, maybe we should stay here and check it out for a little while. Um, There's an area yeah. early on in Ragnarok where it's like you're in the snow and you've got the dogs and you're, like, going, and that was fine, but then later on you have the crater, which is something you don't have to explore at all. It's completely optional. But they're like, well, maybe we should go check out this crater, and you end up spending, like, 10 hours getting lost in the crater because everything is so convoluted um Mm -hmm. traversal is is not quite my high point for the god of war 2018 and ragnarok but i will say story and characters it's up there i mean it's it's top of the line from from that santa monica studio what's your top eight daniel my number eight is a game we both know (laughs) it's call of duty modern warfare 3 and for the sake of oh. <laughs> for the sake of cohesion here, I'll say two as well because we did they are we can treat them as launching from the same thing. Um, so I bought this because you were gonna buy it because the spawn stuff, and I was getting hype. Mm-hmm. You know, hype is infectious. Um, I ended up enjoying it. Actually, Modern Warfare Three, I've played more than two at this point. It is my most played Call mm-hmm. of Duty game ever. I'm at level two hundred and forty-two. The cap as of recording is at two fifty. Um, it'll go up in a couple weeks with season two. I finished the battle pass. This game is awesome. I I love this game. It's so comforting. I I don't get mad at it. I've done mm. all the weekly challenges to get, like, the special season camo and all that stuff. I mm. do the events that I want to do if I like the camo at the end. I enjoy seeing the characters that I've bought in action and hearing their voice lines, like Skeletor and Spawn. Um, mm-hmm. and a few of the, oh, like, Skeletor, yeah. Some of the stuff that I've gotten from, like, the uh, Vault Edition or whatever, and I'm looking forward to, like, some of the new characters that, that are coming out. Um the, the cosmetics are very expensive, so I do have to be picky with them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed Agreed. like the Black Cell stuff where I don't have mm-hmm. to play as much because battle passes give me anxiety. Um, and finishing them... so Like I said with other games, finishing the battle pass and then playing the game, I feel better playing the game when I don't have like a time limit imposed on me. I just don't like time pressure things in my games. Um, mm-hmm. But the moment-to-moment is so good we'll probably disagree on the fact that i really love the small maps like for some reason to me 
play the big maps when you're doing the battle pass but when you really want to get into that call of duty fun and just play for levels or having a good time rust and shipment even meat at this point uh -huh. they are really good intense fun maps no matter what mode you're playing so i've found like if i i can even start leveling up sniper rifles and i have on on um shipment oh. um because like I, i'm almost done leveling all the new guns up it's insane um camos are are interesting for the most part i like most of them i love unlocking them I, I just like getting things in my game when i play them and for some reason every time i turn on modern warfare 3 even for a little while i'm i'm working towards another camo that i think is cool or, or so so it's it's really the the idea of being able to customize it as as widely as you can that that, that gets me in, in modern warfare 3 um so I can only say thank you to the Call of Duty team for bringing in a spawn season because I don't think either <laughs> of us would have probably had the, yeah. you know, the impetus to hop on to Modern Warfare 2 after everything we'd heard about it um, early on. Yeah. But I'm glad we did. I think that was I think that was like a good thing that happened in, in video games. Like I mean, I even bought the Vault Edition. I was ready for Modern Warfare 3. Oh yeah, you did. Uh, but yeah, that's my number eight. We gotta do number seven though. What's your number seven, Robert? Uh, for me, it's Alan Wake, the the, ah, the remaster, the game we played for Tales from the Map. So, when I remember when Alan Wake released, yeah, I kind of do remember that like era it was released. Long it was one of those time. things where I didn't don't really kind of remember much about it. It wasn't kind of announced release, seen something about it, and just kind of disappeared. I always thought Alan Wake was one of those throwaway games. Like, it's just from that era. You know, there's nothing to it. It's one of those, like, ah, just leave it in the time it was released. There's nothing special about it. It's just that era it was released in. You know, one of those, like, uh, you know, example. How it's, just, it's like uh, Call of Juarez is like that, where it's just like, it kind of released at that oh, time. There's a couple of those, just, isn't there? Yeah, but it's like no one really talks about like, yeah, like any yeah. type of like really good things coming out of it. Dead Island, even I would say it's like it's just from that era. It's not it's not no Dead Rising. It's just like it was released at that time. It's kind of here and there. It had its moment, but no one really like I say really cares about it. That's what I thought of Alan Wake. It's like you know, it's one of those games. And and but I don't know where I feel like they kind of announced two, and then people were like, oh yeah, there's that re that remaster that came out. And, and then people start talking about, like, oh, like, this game actually, like, do you remember, and, like, people be like, oh, do you remember Alan Wake, though? I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember that game. And it went from thinking, I thought it was just a generic, just trying to be, like, Resident Evil horror game to where I think Alan Wake actually is a very interesting game and has a very interesting concept. And I actually really enjoyed the game. When I played, I was like, oh, I actually really like this game. It has a really funny idea that the main character is actually a very poor written like character and that he's actually not a very good writer and the stuff he writes is very kind of dumb because his shadow enemies will make really dumb remarks <laughs> an example they'll just is say like, random facts <laughs> yeah I love it's that. like if it's like it's like if 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 your hair feels like it has a burning sensation, use soap. Like it'll do something. Like it's like reading like instructions on the back of a packet. You know like don't leave. Some some of them felt very like Robert's game tip of the week, where it would be like something yeah. like don't don't <laughs> like make sure you unplug the toaster. Or something. 
Yeah, it's like don't if the egg is if the, like if there's an oil fire, cover it. Don't throw water. It, it'll be dumb things, but like it's just it'll be like what? It has no context of the actual what's going on with the story. And like I said, the character of Alan Wake, he is so he is written just like so dumb. Like it's like he's dumb, he's, but he's it's also very endearing. A, I'll give it yeah. that. <laughs> He's a genius at the same time as people love his books and his books, but it's like, it, it's, you, you, how fun is this game? You fight a, a, a field harvester machine. Those, those machines that, that farmers use to harvest hay and, and corn crops and stuff like that and make like haystacks. That's what you fight. You fight like a, 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 a basically you fight a, a, a crane machine in this game and it has a really cool rock and roll concert section that people should definitely because that's such a big point of its game awards that it did uh a couple months ago where they did the whole oh yeah so like alan wake 2 does another like a whole entire musical sequence um Uh that's a big thing with remedy nowadays because control also has a very famous musical sequence and I like how Alan Wake is the type of guy that if a guy was just like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, example, the doctor, he could just be like, oh, I'm a doctor. And he has this very negative thing of therapist. So the doctor would be like, you know what, Alan Wake, if you ever need help, just let me know. And he's like, the condescending doctor with his annoying voice asks, like, I'm never, like, he's so, an-. like, it, like the character would do nothing wrong. But then Alan Wake would just be like, this character's annoying. I hate this guy. And it's just stuff like that where it's just like, what? Like, the guy just asked if you were okay. Uh, oh, what's the guy, his best friend's name? Barry? Barry. <laughs> Barry's Barry. my favorite. Shout out Barry. Barry was a real one. Yeah, I love Barry. Bringing in his little uh, head- headlamp thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's one of those games where I would definitely recommend playing it. I would definitely recommend playing it. I want a physical version of the second one. That would yeah, be that much would be better awesome. than, than the digital. Yeah. I, uh, I want us both to but, play the second one at some point because the first do. one does feel... It of its time um and for such a short game it, yes. it, it does feel overlong because the gameplay doesn't necessarily evolve over the six or seven hours it takes but you know me i i tend to enjoy anything we play for a special or played together like we have played some not so great games to talk about mm. but i still feel like those are like the best moments because you know what at least we're agreeing that it's not <laughs> Like when it's when it's not good, it's like I mean at least like we're both agreeing that when we play Jelly Boy, like how stupid it is to block progression unless you collect mm-hmm. like all the things in the world. Yeah, yeah, it's and I, I, like after talking about all the good, there are like bad things. The how slow character, yes. the uh, character. I think every is. game we talk about except one on both uh, of our top tens probably have one bad thing to to say. Uh. The dodge mechanic is very old, very like that era. I rather just pre- kept mashing X to jump because that did the same thing better than the dodge mechanic. Uh, I didn't like that you would lose your gear when you enter a new chapter. I don't like that with yeah. a lot of games. I wish you would keep gear over, or at least when the chapter starts, you get that gear back very quick compared to you know the. That previous does chapter. feel very survival horror to me, though. I almost feel mm. like Resident Evil does that at certain points. Like not, I don't think Village did uh, lose all your equipment part, but I feel mm. like two or three might have. But that could just be misremembering. So, but I mean, like I said, I still I. It's one of the things where I was very shocked at how much I actually really did enjoy it. I thought it was going to be just like a whatever game. It was actually a really... It was a pretty good game. Uh, rank it, probably like 
7.5 around there. Like, it's a very good C rating game. Uh, Shall we do my number seven, then? Yeah, what you got for number seven? All right, number seven is a game we talked a little about last week. Now, there is a reason that it's number number seven and not three, two, or one. Because it has the capacity to be. Mm -hmm. And... It's funny that we brought this up last week. I didn't know you were going to bring it up last week, but I'm, it's, it's funny that you did because it ties into why this game is number seven on my list. Metroid Prime Remastered. Now, mm-hmm. Metroid Prime Remastered is probably the most excited I was for a game last year. Um, everything mm-hmm. else I knew was coming out, but Metroid Prime Remastered was a shadow drop. It was announced and released mm-hmm. at that very direct back in like February. Um, mm-hmm. It is the most atmospheric feeling of all three Metroid Prime games. It really gives that creepy space sensation that Metroid really, like, inflicts on the player. Um, More Mm. so than the 2D versions. And Prime 1 is probably the best example of the 3D realization of a 2D Metroid game. Um, Prime 2 throws some wrenches into that philosophy and prime three is mostly linear so prime is what you get when you take a super metroid and you turn it into a 3d game um there's puzzling backtracking and all kinds of you know key hunts towards the end there's really difficult bosses, but this is an updated version of Prime. Not just graphically, but it's got like the, the, the more casual gameplay mode, so it's not as hard as the GameCube version. And I'd never been able to beat the original GameCube version, um, so it was nice to be able to like handle the bosses on this one, because Metroid Prime is an intensely difficult game. It's also a game where the reason it's in number 7 is not for the fact that you are constantly lost not knowing the map of Metroid Prime. But it goes against my general like creation of top game lists to have a game where I had to use a guide for the majority of it. That usually makes me not want to replay a game, and it usually just makes me want to finish a game. With Metroid Prime Remastered, it feels like the one time that I'm making an exception to this rule. Because even though I had to use a guide, I still wanted to be in this world. I still wanted to see the bosses, hear the music, explore the areas Mm -hmm. of this intricately crafted world that Retro Studios made back in 2002. Completely rehauled graphically um, for, for the Nintendo Switch. It presented in widescreen using modern day controls or gyro if you wanted to. Um, Metroid Prime is the perfect example of a game that back then and now still deserves its 10 out of 10s. My gripe, much like your gripe with the game, is the fact that it is almost imperceptible if you don't have a direction to go. I think for me, like I said, it's the maps... And just, like, the general idea that backtracking is not my favorite thing to do in games. It's a testament to how good Metroid Prime is that I didn't mind it. And I would dare put a game that I had to use a guide for probably 70% of it on my top 10 list. It truly is a masterpiece of the FPS genre. And 2 and 3 remasters can't suit enough. Metroid Prime 4 announced its restart of development 5 years ago a couple of days before we recorded this one and 
even longer than that was uh, the actual announcement of Metroid Prime 4. So, like, this series is <clears throat> primed and ready to have a, <laughs> a resurgence. And I think Prime Remastered is the great starting point truly above and beyond what a remaster nowadays is you look at the difference between prime and prime remastered and last of us part two and last of us part two remastered i think we feel where the love went (laughs) Mm. yeah but yeah metroid prime remastered would have been higher but it's lucky it even got on this list because of you know guide usage and my general being against putting games in the top that i have to use guides for but shows you how good of a mm-hmm. game metroid prime is it's one of the best ever and that was my number seven on to six the last one number six um i guess six for me will be pretty quick because i've done this where i've playing a game and i know i'm gonna enjoy it and i already put it as like I'll, I'll continue to play that's why it will never be on my very high ranking but uh, this is more of a hardware issue for me than it is playing it. And for me, number six is Mario Wonder. Uh, Mario Wonder came out during the the uh, destroying my my wallet fun season game where I had to buy <laughs> yeah a game again where I had to buy two game a couple of things and get two games on top of that where. Oh, like Mario Solid HD collection, and 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 then this and Smart, like it was all in the same span of of a couple weeks or a month. So it was just game again. But I really enjoy Wonder because it's what everyone for some reason says Mario never does, and that's innovate and shake up the platform genre. It changed so much in design of the characters playable characters how many you know things you can fit into an open uh, a platformer like this yes it's a new voice actor but we discussed how like charles Monet is still kind of choosing and deciding who is you know gonna voice so and so so it still has the original voice actor still kind of orchestrating you know what to do and how to do it and things like that so it's still you know it still has a good mario or whatever a mario ambassador is supposed to be i guess (laughs) yeah but it it still has a good mario uh sound to it so it's not too different it's not so the thing about wonder to, to to think that every single level has a wonder seed and that every game does something different and crazy and, and, and changes everything upside down is beyond just baffling how much they actually had to do that with every single level. And so like I said, just, with just the to cut in here, I found that to be cool because a lot of times, and this is like a even going back to Super Mario Brothers, the new Super Mario Bros. for the DS, the Mega Mushroom was like the big thing with that game. But the Mega Mushroom mm-hmm. only shows up in like five or six levels. <laughs> yes. With this, like I said the Wonder Seed is in every level, and it's different. It's different for every level. It's not the same type of weird wonder effect. It's different. So, it's just it's so colorful, so much fun. It, it controls super well. But for me, the reason why I haven't gone back to finish it, like previous other games that that released at that time, is because it's the controller for me. I don't like the controllers that i have and i know there is the switch pro controller the thing is it it never goes on sale it's always full price so it's one of those things where as 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 you know having other things to 
other hobbies and also other things to really worry about. I don't have a lot of times to spend $70 just on a new controller. Some point I will whenever I either for some reason I'll find a controller for a really good deal for some reason at some place or you know I have an extra $70 to drop on a controller I will. It's more or less that it's the having a controller to use because a controller can make and break the way the game plays because a controller is what connects the player to the game. I think we both have the same uh, third party uh, wired controller with a different picture on it and i like it for its stick but the d-pad is it leaves a lot to be desired yeah it's one of things where the controller is the most important thing when it comes to a game after the design and the game itself it's the controller itself i don't like the switch joy cons because they're very tiny uh i have very meaty hands i have very big hands uh they're very tiny for me and it's kind of like putting my it's like i have to play it with my like wrist almost touching each other They're very very short distance between wrist to wrist so it's like very small and it's oddly shaped too so i don't really like the way it's shaped as a controller like that and that's why like i said it, it changes just how a person can play a game it, it you know it could be the greatest game ever but you have to use a, a a fishing rod to play a fighting game which some people probably do but it's probably not the best thing to do it's not the most or a fishing rod to play a a a, a soccer simulation or, game or a drum it's probably not to the play best Mario 64 like they did at G. yeah it's like it's not <laughs> the best feeling so people just are just like nah so at some point i will try to upgrade my i really i i i I don't focus a lot on my switch stuff i need to really focus on my switch stuff i i i've i've abandoned a lot of switch things which i I, you know i really should back get back on that but there's just so much other stuff and like i just got a pc so like i'm on that but i i should get back to more of the switch i wish i wish the switch was bigger i think the switch is too like the joy cons itself not the screen but the joy cons stuff they're too small they're too small for me I think the whole idea is that they want to make it for the whole idea is that it's not only for adults, it's for children. So you can't make too big because then children can't play it. And it's stuff like that, that, you know, you can just buy for your kid, give them a switch and they can go, you know, go away and they can just play, you know, their, their games wherever they want. They don't have to use the TV, but for, for an adult, it, it's just, it's too, the joy concert just, it's not for me. So I have to just find that the controls, I've tried a pro, they felt comfortable. Dude, I've tried the pro, so it's like, more, it's, it's a better controller than a dual sense, I think for a minute to make Yeah. It's all like, I, I gotta, I gotta get, I got, it's like, I, at the end of the day, it's, I gotta get me one of those, but wonder itself, it, it's, I, I know it's, it has that great Mario polish, Nintendo polish yeah. to it. I just have to find the right control to make me view what nintendo has done with this yeah game. as somebody who's completed it it is it is up there it, it's it's mm-hmm. such a modern day classic um nothing but great things to say about it i mean i feel like i could mm-hmm. drag a complaint about it but not not during not during this episode <laughs> maybe if we ever mm-hmm. ran some specials of of mario wonder i could be like oh well, this level i don't know about the central mechanic but the wonder effects are always great um but yeah that that's a good that's a good choice for number six uh my number six then mm-hmm. has a little bit of a preamble leading up so my number six is thinking about it might be the only game i have ever considered to be a perfect game so you might be wondering well daniel why is it number six instead of number one probably because mm-hmm. it's not as interesting to talk about as a matter of fact it doesn't i don't think it's interesting 
to talk about much at all for the sole fact that the most interesting things we talk about have something good to say and then maybe a complaint. With this game, I have no complaints. I have no issues with this game. I think this is a perfect game. I think games could try to replicate this and probably fail um, for one thing or another. My number six is an old game for the PlayStation mm-hmm. 1 called Ridge Racer Type 4. Ah, Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer Type 4 in specific. Now, I've played two on the PSP, which is newer. Even though it's two, it's newer. And I've played Ridge Racer 5 on the PS2, another great game. There's very little wrong with it, But something about 4, the way it controls and responds, the way that I... When I mess up, it's literally my fault. And I can understand why. I don't like when people say, well, when you mess up, it's your fault. And I'm like, well, I don't understand why. I dodged in Dark Souls. Why did I get hit when I dodged the way I was pressing? And the character dodged and I still got hit. It's like, no, in Ridge Racer Type 4, when you push left or right on the stick, your car goes left or right immediately. Um, It's not a realistic game. It's not a driving simulator, but it does simulate one-to-one movement with what you're doing. When you drift, the car drifts. When you turn left or right, the car does. When you move slightly, the car moves slightly. Um, It's just something about the vibes, the perfect vibes, the soundtrack where every song just makes you want to play the game the way that cars, you know, come at you in different ways depending on where you place in matches and the, like, hundreds of unlockable vehicles just because of that feels very Shadow the Hedgehog and its progression. Um, the way you can choose difficulty by selecting different teams or different ways that your car can perform. Like, it can be drift-focused or... Um, I'm forgetting mm. what the other way is called, but you can have it focused two different ways. Um the light story that just adds on the touches, the menu presentation, everything about this game. You can just put on the music and watch random races while you, you know, vibe out to um, Pearl Blue Soul. Um, This, I have no bad things to say about this game. I never have. It's a game that takes about an hour to beat, and I have beaten it probably 12, 13, 14 times over the course of the year. Um, It truly is a perfect game in my opinion and i have nothing bad to say about it but it is number six for that very reason uh i feel like mm. my top five were all like incredible highlights pushing things forward while i could still say a bad thing or two about all of them ridge racer type 4 is not a game that i can say anything bad about it's a game that's like 25 years old at this point and to say it's held up, to say it's better than any racing game I've played in the modern day, to say that something mm-hmm. like Ridge Racer Type 4 is better to me than Grand Turismo 7 or Need for Speed Unbound is just a wild thing that I didn't think I'd be, you know, saying. But here we are, and my number six. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my number six, Ridge Racer Type 4. That'll do it then for the first half of the top 10 plays of 2023. I mean, it's a bit longer than we anticipated, but I think these are kind of specials. These these are like mini specials. So, you know, kind of expected it. So next week, our top five plays of last Mm -hmm. year will be revealed. I'm sensing heavy hitters. I'm sensing games that are the pinnacle of their genre. I'm sensing mm-hmm. games that are cinematic masterpieces. There's a lot going on in our top five. Um, but you will have to wait till next week to find out. So for right now, I'd say we handled it, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, that pretty much handles this top part one of part of top ten. All right, we want to thank you all so much for listening. Uh, please follow us on Exit Markers on the Map, and please keep those five star ratings and reviews coming on Apple Podcasts and Spotify because every little bit helps. Um, so we do like to end each <laughs> each of our episodes with a classic video game quote that's been remastered for a whole new generation. And this week's quote is, "You know, Ellie." We really are the Godzilla domination remastered. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Later.